Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Janine Between the Lines, Literature and Lifestyle for Leisure. Today's episode, hi, I miss you. I'm not going to get into it. I missed you guys. Anyways, today's episode is going to be about a book that I picked up. Uh, It's been a while since I took a leisurely trip to the library and looked for something just like a gritty, romantic, heart-wrenching, not romance, but a romantic little fiction story. I was in the mood for just a really good storyteller storybook story. So I picked up Divide Me by Zero by Laura Vapniar, and I'll read a little bit of the synopsis so you guys have an idea of what it's about, but last paragraph of the back. Award-winning author Laura Vapniar delivers an unabashedly frank and darkly comic tale of coming of age and middle age. Divide Me by Zero is almost unclassifiable. A stylistically original, genre-defying mix of classic Russian novel, American self-help book, Soviet math textbook, sly writing manual, and at its center, an intense romance that captures the most common misfortune of all, falling in love. So today's episode, I kind of wanted, after reading the book, it was amazing. I'm so glad I picked it up. So I'm, I'm such a sucker for really nicely uh, designed display cases and I'm just I get reeled in real quick um I kind of just wanted to touch on the craziest cringiest most embarrassing things that I've ever done for love or for what I thought was love or attention or crushes or whatever have you and also kind of the pros and cons of settling or not going after what you deserve or how kind of distorted your view can get once you've had the worst love ever and the best love ever. So if you're interested in listening, um, just keep on uh, just keep on letting it roll. Thanks for listening, guys. Favorite and share and follow this podcast. I would love to see your stars and thank you guys for being here. Just keep on listening. So there are two people in this novel. Katya is the main character of the book, and there is B, whose real name is Boris, who is this great love that she's pursued and dwelled on for the extent of pretty much her whole life. And it makes me giggle just thinking about the things that Katya would do as a young woman to kind of get his attention and attempt to make him fall in love with her and it kind of brought me back because it made me think of what's like it's crazy the things that we do as a man or woman to kind of reel in the person that we're attracted to and I've done some pretty weird things in my life. Like at this point in my life right now, I'm 24. I don't I don't really get embarrassed about a lot of things. I'm 
I've kind of come to terms with the fact that I'm just a generally strange individual and I don't really get embarrassed. But back then, when I was like in college and, you know, I was kind of boy crazy. Yeah, that's freaking weird. But the things that Katya would do for B. So B was this man who he was a professor and this very intelligent, you know, he had everything going for him. He was this dark haired, intelligent instructor who knew this and that about all these things and was very versed in society and I guess I wouldn't say pop culture at the time, but literature and movies that were out at that time. And Katya was just starstruck, lovestruck, starstruck. What else? How many times could she be struck? That's not even funny because you'll have to read the book to find out. But um, Katya would go to great lengths to get the attention of B, which included... Going home, she would recruit the knowledge of her friends to be like, hey, like, what movies do you think B would like? Which ones do you think he's watching? So that she would be versed enough to kind of hold a conversation with him about these things and seem intelligent and interesting to him. And that kind of made me think of this one instance when I... (laughs) I think I was in college. If I wasn't in college, it was on the butt end of high school. So my cringy story that I have for the things that I do for attention. And at the time, it was just a little crush. So let's say junior year, senior year to maybe freshman year of college, Janine, I have a lot of knee problems. I had to have surgery on it. I've dislocated it a bunch. I've torn a few ligaments and I needed physical therapy for, I'd say, six to eight weeks or so for like two or so years. And I had the biggest crush on my physical therapist. So I'm not going to describe him too much, but he was he was sweet. He was attractive to me at the time. And this is what happened. So you know, I was spending a considerable amount of time with this man. And, you know, um, our conversations, I'd, you know, we'd talk casually about like, you know, school and what I did for fun and what he did for fun. And eventually got to the point he was very interested in like his pastime was watching, what is it like motocross? Or is it called MotoGP? like motorcycle racing. And, you know, I would kind of like go along like, oh, tell me about this. Tell me about that. I had no idea. I didn't know anything about motorcycles. If you know me, I'm not really into cars and stuff or vehicles in general. I can appreciate their beauty, but that's not my shtick. Not my cup of tea. But I think when I would watch said therapist kind of talk about these things, I'd be like, oh, ah, tell me more. Tell me more, physical therapist. And this is what I did. I found that, like, you know, this is the kind of thing that got him going. So I just distinctly remember going home, looking up 
like standings in MotoGP and looking up kind of like the top freaking riders and like who had the best record and who was the fastest and this and this right before my physical therapy appointments so that we could have like talking points and that I would be kind of versed in this world that he was in and it just kind of gave me satisfaction I felt like you know if I could know these things we could be even closer and like there were a couple times where we would watch like videos of MotoGP and I would have stars in my eyes and like oh he probably like likes me a little more now and it's just like isn't that weird isn't it weird the things that we will do for attention are like even in terms of like sacrifice like you ever get really interested in a guy or a a gal and say this guy or gal is like man I I love I love wildlife like my favorite thing my number one thing is like watching like squirrels like dig around in dirt like that's my that's my hobby and pastime and passion and then they kind of like put it on like you know when someone is passionate about something it makes the other person like more attractive if you kind of support that isn't that right so like what if the guy or girl was like I would really love it if you like watched this squirrel video with me and it's just something extra to do like with that person because when I was watching these MotoGP videos with my physical therapist and he was trying to like grant me more range of motion we'd be kind of in like close proximity and I was like oh like maybe like we can be freaking cool now but it's crazy what you'll do to like get someone's attention or like feel closer to someone and I just thought that that was really funny like Katya would go out of her way to like go to the grocery store and be in her like pretty Sunday's best like on the 1% off chance that like she would run into B and they would start a conversation and she would or that B would leave his wife and like ugh silly silly Katya silly Janine just because I look up things on motor like moto GP doesn't mean that said physical therapist is gonna fall in love with me but Woe, woe is me. Woe is yesteryear, Janine, because I'm a little more aware. I know the things that I like and the things that I won't really compromise with. But anyways, I digress. Someone at work earlier told me that 50% or more of marriages end up in divorce and that true love isn't real and I was talking pretty much to a very uh well-known pessimist in my workplace so it never really gets to me and that conversation kind of got me thinking about the situation that Katya was in with all of her three different lovers that she mentioned. So you already kind of met B. B is this lifelong love. Um, Len is her husband in which she had a failed marriage and who she learned to hate and resent. 
And then there's Victor, who is kind of this like middle ground. He makes the most sense for her to end up with, but there's none of that passionate, heart-wrenching need for him the way that she felt with B. So I guess that places it kind of on three tiers. And I wonder, as I journey through my life, is this how love really is? Is it kind of like a bar graph? So there's like the all end-all, be-all love. That's the number one thing that you think of and number one person you want to be with. And that's B. Then there's the person that you love who you learn to hate and you regret everything and it makes you want to die. (laughs) Not die, but for her, Len was, she fell out of love. I guess that's the opposite. So she was fully, she fell hard in love with B. She fell hard out of love with Len and then she decided to settle with Victor. Victor is kind of the most sensible partner for her. And that just made me think of why is it why is it so bad to simply settle with someone? I guess I I understand how, um, I guess later in life when you start to kind of realize, or I don't know, I don't think everyone gets to this point, but you can't really have everything you want in an individual, but a lot of falling in love and staying in love with someone is compromise. And Katya's mindset for falling in love with Victor, so everything went wrong with B. B had a wife and a son, and it was never sensibly right for her to be with B because the way that love kind of The love that B embodied was something that was impossible to attain. That it it couldn't be, it's not something that she could have acquired and ran with. And it wasn't logical the way that she approached, the way that she approached life with math. It wasn't logical for her to be with B. So I think that's why it didn't work out. But with Len, whom she had two beautiful children with and simultaneously you know um, they didn't share the connection that her and B had and ultimately grew to resent and hate where was I going with that that's a good question but pretty much what I'm saying B was the ultimate love Len was the ultimate letdown, and then Victor was somebody that, you know, she could settle with. And this is what I mean by settle. um, Victor was this older man, very well off, 
Katya was a math addict. Victor had a background in physics and engineering, and she, you know, felt that they could connect on that level. She didn't resent him the way that she did Len, but she didn't fall head over heels for him the way that she was with Victor. I mean, with B. But the way that she phrased it is that Katya was confident that they could learn to love each other. And I'm wondering, message me or mention me on Twitter. Do you believe in learning to love someone or growing into loving somebody? Would you marry someone without being fully in love with them with the idea that maybe with time we can fall in love with each other. Does that make sense? Because I feel like it makes sense. How many, um, what is that movie that I love? Has Jennifer Lopez. It was, uh, Jennifer Lopez, Matthew McConaughey, The Wedding Planner, The Wedding Planner. You know when, um... Jennifer Lopez's character, her dad was talking about how her mom and dad were in an arranged marriage and um, he was resentful at first because he was in love with somebody else and their parents forced them to um, be wedded. But eventually there was an event where her dad got very sick and then her mom took care of him because that was her husband and then they slowly started to appreciate each other. Appreciation turned to respect, respect turned to like, and like turned to love. And out popped a brand new Jennifer Lopez, theoretically. But that is kind of my, not my concern, it's just curiosity like why is settling so why is settling why does it have such a negative connotation what if it's logically right what if it benefits your children and what if it benefits your mother or your mother-in-law and what if there are so many of these pros and ideas of why this could be a good thing and what if the only thing that it's lacking is the passion that you felt when you were 20 years old and the rush of recklessly falling in love but what if it just makes more sense isn't that the adult thing to do is to put you know responsibilities and your children and law and you know logic first rather than careless reckless love genuine question because you know things can go bad whether you're head over heels in love with someone or if you don't love them in the first place and I guess settling shouldn't have such a bad rep if it makes sense 
Do I even make sense? You guys tell me what you think. It has been a while. It's been quite a good long while. But, um, you know, I'm... I won't get into it. I told you in the beginning. I know it's been a while. Um, hopefully I'll do another OTT soon. Just kind of update you guys about everything that's kind of been going on. Um, but again, I'm excited to kind of get back into the swing of things. I want to give you kind of a preview on what next uh, episode kind of has in store. I'm reading another book and I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself to read the classics and... I just wanted to delve back into my old, like, kind of science fiction-y, whimsical, love story type of genre. Because I used to love just picking up books and, like, it didn't even have to have any meaning to it. So, the book I'm reading next is called The Soul Majestic by Ferret Steinmetz. And I'll read the synopsis on the back as well. It's kind of short. Kenna a destitute teenager with dreams of advising the cosmic elite, wins the dinner of a lifetime at the Soul Majestic, the galaxy's top restaurant. Yet there's no such thing as a free meal. Kenan discovers that the Soul Majestic risks bankruptcy if the planned soiree doesn't attract enough intergalactic billionaires to pay for it. With a motley gang of newfound friends, Kenan must concoct a scheme of grandiose scope and learn lessons of the heart, mind, and palate in order to save the restaurant he considers home. So it kind of has like that, kind of like that fifth element kind of vibe going, but the reviews on it look amazing, and I just, I'm excited to read it, you know? So that'll probably be coming up. If it's not an OTT, it'll be about that book, but before I leave, I wanted to leave you guys with a few more songs because I haven't done that in a while. So, how can I pick? It's been so long, but I will. I'm just going to limit it to three. Um, a big one since the last time that I recorded an episode, I saw this artist. His name is James Spate. And he is a wizard on the freaking guitar. And I can't believe how blessed that my boyfriend and I were to see him live. And it was amazing. Um, This is one of his songs. It's called Killowin. And we were just shell-shocked. You know those people who are even better live than they are recording? That's him. You know, I never realize how thankful I am to live in Nashville where I can just go anywhere and find wonderful artists who just play live and 
It's amazing. I, I love this place. Another one that I really love, I gotta, you know, give it up to my little my little corner of my heart that's just a little country girl. But I, one of the artists that made me fall in love with country in the beginning, I know, this is on the radio, but uh, Sam Hunt's new song, Kinfolks. He's kind of a guilty pleasure. I know people get on him for being, like, you know, the talky country singer, but... Who doesn't just love a good old catchy song? I know I do. Alan Stone came out with um, his album. He was here live in one of the record stores, and I can't believe I missed it, but... Again, this is the studio recording of Give You Blue, but the um, the Ponderings video that he posted on YouTube, just, it's the best version of this song. Another... 750 times better live than studio recording, in my opinion. Okay, I'm going to be bad. I'm going to give you one more, but I'll kind of end on this. This is called Vices by John Splithoff. Another just random Discover Weekly discovery, and I've just been addicted to this song. I have no ownership. I have no ownership to this song. Thank you, Spotify, for uh, helping me uh, play these. No copyright intended. Love music. Respect music. It's got a pretty good build to it. Now dance. I'll have all those uh, songs posted on Twitter. Um, but I just wanted to come on here and say thank you for listening. For all my people who are still following me, even though I had a little bit of a month months-long drought. I love you all and um, anticipate more episodes. I've got a lot going on. Who doesn't have a lot going on in their life? But I do love you, my little, uh, my little Jay Beatles. So again, like, subscribe, share this podcast. Let me know what you think about, uh, you know, 
the technicality and the logic of what do you think about settling for uh you know you don't have to be head over heels in love to be with someone for the rest of your life what do you think i will catch you guys in the next <laughs> i'll catch you guys in the next episode thank you guys for listening bye good night So I've had each of you on individually in the past. Oh, but... shoot, it's already started. <laughs> mm, yes. I think J.E.'s, what was ours, an OTT? Yeah. And then Joss I did with um, Salem's Lot. Is this like we can be unadulterated here? <laughs> I, I turn on the switch for possible explicit content, so. Not explicit, like. Like Jimenez content? Like <laughs> stuff. I mean I guess. Okay, okay. If you so choose. Alright. Jane, just make one weird noise. I just right wanted now. to see what my limit was. What have you ever had limits? I mean it is your podcast, so I think I so. am limitless. <laughs> is, no, that, no. is that the movie where the man becomes limitless? Do you know where that's from? No. The office. When Phyllis was in the car. I don't I actually don't remember a lot of episodes of this. Ugh, imbeciles. Okay, that's not how <laughs> Well, I've gathered you all today. I don't I didn't do an intro yet, but they'll know from the intro. We're in Florida. One of those transitions, you know me, just going around. And home for the holidays. Um figured I actually was coming out of a restorative yoga class. Shout out to Hot Spot Power Yoga. In uh, <laughs> on Atlantic, <laughs> it really hashtag restored me. <laughs> Had to emphasize both that. of them. Both of them really wanted to do another sibling tag because Joss wasn't able to hold his own last time. I mean, you know, well, I not hold his own, but like defend himself in that input. So yeah, it was still pretty accurate, though. That's yeah, good. I'd call it accurate. But um, I think I'd have answers for every question had I been there. Yeah, it would have been, like, a little bit longer because then there's, like, an extra response. Yeah. And probably more entertaining as well. No, oh, I, yeah. no, no I listen to that podcast, like, when I miss you guys. Oh. But, um, anyways, mm-hmm. about Hotspot. Hi, and we have Archie. He's been Archie eating. Archie will have his own input. <laughs> um, just ask him to speak. Just because <laughs> <laughs> later. He'll only do it for a treat, though. Um, We were in Shavasana and kind of in relation to it's the end of the year. Raise your hand if you feel like 2019 was... He just knocked a chair down. Hello, how are you doing? That means he really wants input. Here, Jay, go fix that chair while I finish introducing everything. But um, I just feel like 2019 was the busiest and fastest year that ever went by do you think it was dress yeah um i think especially with janine she's just progressing in her career my brother's just moving in a different direction like just first i I think just everybody like everyone's excited that he did that Mm -hmm. everyone can agree that 2019 flew by but just because I think there was more purpose to this year than a whole bunch yeah. of other years. And I feel like because we're getting older, too. You know how you can tell it's an eventful year? Yeah. Oh, God. Look how? at your camera roll. 
I've okay. taken so many pictures. Oh, that is true. So like, yeah. There's been so many times where I had felt the need to take out my camera and document the moment. Oh, that is true. Oh I my god, lot, you're right. A lot of pictures, like wow. <laughs> <laughs> Some pictures I can't even. Oh god. Can't even describe on. <laughs> Anyways, because I can't get on (laughs) topic, Um, I just wanted to make a podcast dedicated to the year and to the new year, and it's the reason for the freaking season. So um, we we were in Shavasana again, and I wanted to start out with this, and you know, we'll kind of go into the standard, like, hey... All that, but I thought she painted a good picture for me because my last couple of months have Wait, quite literally. What if we have to? Can I go to the bathroom really quick and then come back? Just do your intro and I'll be right back. Or just start over, Janine. Start over? No, just keep going, Janine. I shouldn't have even said that. I should have just left without. You should have. Why don't okay. you go to the bathroom now? All right, keep going. Um, pretty much what was happening. She said, um. Oh, like I was saying. <laughs> oh my god. We, um, just the end of the year has been the most stressful for me. Been carrying a lot of stuff and a lot of things that are. I consider myself a person who's able to, like, take on a lot and not be stressed out by a lot. But these past few weeks, I don't know what's been going on, but I've been just, like, in a mode of, like, feeling like heavy and sad and stressed all because of good things because of you know life moves fast and it's a sign of growth but it, it's really like taking a toll on me and I, I I personally can't wait to get over this part of 2019 and then move on to like my high hopes for 2020 so what the instructor was saying in class was We had our eyes closed, just reflecting, and she said, um, just in her typical, like, relaxing yogi voice, she's like, just imagine you have a dry erase marker in hand, and you have a whiteboard, and on that whiteboard, it's completely blank. Now I want you to think of three things that... Um, don't serve a purpose in your life or three things that kind of carry negativity or hold you down or don't help you become a better person or better soul that you could be. And we reflected on that for a good 10, 15 minutes and I thought that's something that's really important because I was watching another podcast too about how like Sometimes people you surround yourself with or not even the people that you choose to surround yourself with. It can even be family or friends or people you're close to. Like the things that you see on social media can also bring you down and give you like, you know, these standards that you think that you have to meet. But there's you shouldn't be comparing yourself to other people because everyone's individual and everyone's living their own life yeah so I think I'm gonna start out with it one thing that I feel like that I wrote on my board my imaginary board of things that um 
a negative for me that I want to let go of in 2020 because the gist of it is like at the end we thought of the three things and then in your mind you just erase that you take your eraser and you erase that off your whiteboard and there's your clean slate for 2020 like just even though it's a process those will, those won't be things that you're carrying into the new year so one thing that I feel like I have a really big problem with and that kind of weighs me down sometimes is I think I have really low self-confidence in terms of like my body image Mm. do you because and it's not anything I know we joke around about it a lot but do you ever like look at old pictures and you're like dang I wish that I like looked like that like do you remember when I looked like that skinny or that and then it's crazy to me thinking that too, because even if I wanted to be that skinny then, I was looking at pictures from like ninth grade, like 10th grade. We were working out a good bit. You were still here, Josh. We were working out with Josh. And like, even at that time, like, I think my, my self-confidence was still so low. Like even then, even though I want to be that skinny now, even then I was like, oh man, I'm so fat. Like I need to stop losing weight. And I've had like low self-confidence since like middle school. It's never really gotten better. Mm. So I'm going to try to be better at that. Yeah. I know everyone's I mean, beautiful, you know? That's good. I Are you asking like... us if we've ever felt low self-confidence yeah. with our body image? Yeah, that's kind of... Yeah, that's my first one. What do you okay. think about that? Have mm-hmm. you... Well, I would have to say my lowest point was before I started working out. Mm-hmm. And I think that... I think I've been blessed with becoming obsessed with the process hashtag blessed to be obsessed <laughs> that's creepy <laughs> no i became like Archie obsessive. Farted. i think when oh there you go <laughs> and there's archie's input no i became like I, I had such low self-confidence that i became obsessed with mate like working out yeah and so it, it forced me to kind of learn about my body and like learn about different techniques Uh and I've talked with a bunch of people and I knew ever since then I kind of knew like about the different phases of like you know my fitness levels and what my body is going through Mm -hmm. like I've been like heavier and lighter and stronger and weaker more endurance more strength all that and I've been okay with every phase ever since I just like, I, I actually did look at a Facebook post when I did Battle for the Beach in uh-huh. 2015. I was like, I was coming off the pull-up bar. I was like, dang, I had freaking ripped abs. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was at that time, and I remember what I did. Mm-hmm. And um, I just know, you know, if you like, I don't know. I know I can get back to that if I wanted to. But I think it just if you have a goal that you're working on constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And until you complete that goal, you know, you can't have it all. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think you're so you don't really think that you like self confidence is something that you're, you're like, as far as my on. body not really I would I, say not really for you too uh, honestly I'm so confident for <laughs> <laughs> you Jess I mean this is coming from a guy who's been bullied from for his appearance like me too I was bullied I think so. we were all bullied <laughs> no but I think it was harder on me honestly. I've always been kind of like the fat kid you know what I'm saying like even now like. I was fat too. I'm about I'm about you know ninety pounds like ninety kilograms short of a full keg. Kind of like. <laughs> kilograms? You know I I think part of part of me just part of me just wants to learn and like about my body itself because I've been hurt a lot 
and it set me back on my fitness. Yeah, remember when you said, like, the only way to get better is to hurt yourself? <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, like, if I injured myself. I, all right, so if I, I should have said, there's pain, pain is a part of growth. I, I, but I word, I word that kind of wrong. Yeah. Mm. I can see. Right. In terms of my body image, I've kind of learned to accept that, yeah, I'm big, but I can do things that other, like, kind of big people really, like, can't do. Like, I carry a lot of weight, but, you know, I'm still playing basketball. I think I'm getting better with being active and actually trying to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think I'm... Personally, I don't think I'm ugly. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. think... But I'm not vain. Like, I don't, like, loathe like myself like I used to. Honestly. And that's kind of, that was kind of an issue for me. Especially, like, middle and high school. I loathe myself sometimes. I just loathe myself about different, about new stuff now. <laughs> So what would be the first thing that you'd write on your whiteboard that you want to give up? I want to give up being scared, honestly, and that applies to a lot of things. Like, I need to uh, just be willing to take risks with people, with my personal relationships, with trying new things, mm-hmm. and just shed the concept of um, expecting failure honestly because that's a big thing for me too like yeah i tell my brother and sister all the time that i play the inevitables like i don't like to gamble because i don't know the outcomes mm-hmm. and that i don't like taking chances like i i play i play with the safest hand pretty mm-hmm. much and that's kind of how what got me here pretty much and i want to be able to be somebody who accepts risks and the responsibilities that come with them and just living off of that you know that's a really good one i agree with you it's hard to I understand being afraid of failure, but I think something that would help is like, that helps me is like, even if I do fail, just freaking get back up, get a support system, always, you know. Yeah, you know I'll support you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. How about you, J.E.? All right, so I had a little bit of time to think when Joss was (laughs) talking, but... What's number one on your whiteboard? I would say mm, it would be like letting go of not, there's probably a, a, a simpler way to put it. Letting go of not being like satisfied with like my day-to-day living. Because there's a goal, yeah, there's a goal that I have in mind and there's a life that I like, I'm striving to live. Uh-huh. It could be a part of me getting older. I don't feel that old, but you know. Mm-hmm. Just that number 30 coming up, you know, just... Dirty 30. 30's the new 20, though. Yeah, that's true. I do look at it that way, but there are times when I always, I'll be, like, telling myself, besides the fitness part, because that's the one thing I love, mm-hmm. I feel like I have going on, but I'm like, man, like, if I'm not, like, I want to live this way, so why am I doing this every day? And, like, I'll be at work... But sometimes, you know, it's, like, just part of part of life. Like, you just have to go through the motions. Yeah. And um, don't, like, I don't know. Like, I don't wake up every day hating, hating what you're doing. Sometimes you have to go through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have, like... I'll I'll wake up hating that I have to go to work, but every, <laughs> everybody has to go to work. Yeah. I think I it's just me complaining. 
<laughs> I got to you know, you have to go to work to make money like Yeah. And um but here I am. I'm thinking that oh, in 5 10 oh. years I'm going to have a business. Uh-huh. I'm going to have this house. I'm going to have, you know, my wife is going to be doing this. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I doing this right now? But, you know, every I think everything has a timetable for itself. Mhm. And um just if you're, I don't know. Yeah, you'll get there if you work hard, I guess. Yeah, I feel that. And I don't know, I don't know if it sounds bad, but I don't think everybody on this earth is going to be able to do what they want, what they want. like a hundred percent. How many yeah. people like, you know, it, I, I think it, that it takes, happens in movies. I think it yeah. takes like a special situation for people to, uh, get to that point. Yeah. It's a situation you can't force. And I'm sure you can work very hard to get there. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of people underestimate how hard you do have to work and yeah. the people you have to know and the money you might have to need yeah. have saved up or have been blessed with already. Like, I don't know. You just come across to that. You just... Yeah, it's like... That's yeah, stuff, that's any, stuff. any normal person can have a goal, but... I know. I don't know. I feel that. That's why it sucks that life is short because I don't... I don't see, like... I don't limit my, like... Like, my goals in life just to, like, careers and stuff. Like, yeah, I, like, I want to I be, like, some. I want to exist as something. I for sure, life. like, came to the point where I despise my career. And I will tell everybody I don't want to be defined my, by my career. Me neither. Yeah. But, I mean, a job is a job. And it complaining about it is not going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Might as well, like, try to do well. Yeah. And be good to the people around you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if one... You know, when you've been working and saving up, and then that opportunity comes by, then you're going to be able to jump on top of that. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's something I just, I don't know if I'm going to be letting go of anything. It's just something that I'm going to try to keep in the back of my mind. Yeah. Ooh, we'll get to that later with the next part. Oh, okay, see? Yeah. <laughs> Freaking segues. That actually, we'll, we'll go around, we'll do like two each, two things on the whiteboard. Okay. Unless you have three and you want to talk about more. But yeah. that goes perfectly into mine because I was actually talking to this with our mom earlier. Like, Can I have some of that water? Yeah. No, that's sparkling. <laughs> What? Can you say that again? Can I have some of that fizzy drink? Because <laughs> I don't want to drink normal water. Is it Ooh, cold? Oh. No, it's not. We'll put some in the fridge later. I'm going to pause it. 